You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. That's so good. I mean, God wants us because of our redemption and what he's done in our lives to tell our children. Why do we do the things we do? Uh, why, are you, why do you read your Bible? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I do this because of what the Lord has done for me. In today's message, Pastor Danny will remind you that the Bible tells us to share about our faith with our children. In the book of Exodus, it says to tell your children about the Bible, God, and your faith. But it also says to tell your children why you believe in God and His Word. Tell your children what God has done for you personally. When your children see the miracles that God has done in your own life, they'll see that God is a God of miracles and that He can do amazing things in their lives. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 13 as he begins his message, The Path to Christian Maturity. Chapter 13, Exodus, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. Now, you read this in light of what's just happened the last few chapters, the 10 plagues, the final being um, the Passover sacrifice, and then, of course, the death angel, and if you haven't applied the blood of the lamb, um, then every firstborn uh, in any home. Uh, even, even among the animals, that's how serious it was, uh, died. And so the principle runs throughout Scripture uh, of this offering of the firstborn or even offering of the first fruits, uh, because God is to be the priority. I think that's the simple idea behind it. And so verse 3, then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand. That's an understatement. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today in the month of Abib, you're leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, all the ites, the land he swore to your forefathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you're to observe the ceremony in this month. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast. And on the seventh day, hold a festival to the Lord. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. Now, maybe you know this. I got to say it again, even if you already do. Uh, What's happened here is the Feast of Passover moved right into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They are inseparably linked. God intended it to be that way because as soon as the 
lamb is sacrificed, you apply the blood, you are redeemed by the blood, the very natural thing that happens in your life is you begin to rid yourself of the leaven. And leaven is representative of sin, okay? And so that's the idea, that's the picture, that's the practical meaning behind it. Verse 8, on that day tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. That's so good. I mean, God wants us, because of our redemption and what he's done in our lives, to tell our children. Why do we do the things we do? Why are you here on a Wednesday night? Uh, why, are you, why do you read your Bible? You know, et cetera, et cetera. I do this because of what the Lord has done for me. This observance, verse 9, will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. So it's a regular reminder. When we come together this weekend for communion table, for the Lord's table, um, that's what it's intended to be. Now, it's a spiritual experience. But there's nothing magical about, you know, the little cup that we'll serve one another uh, or, or the piece of bread. It's a memorial. It's a spiritual thing, but it's a memorial. Always to remind us. And every time we come together, what did Jesus say? Every time you take the bread and, and the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Do this, he said, in remembrance of me. Same idea here. Do it every year being reminded of what the Lord's done for you. Verse 11, after the Lord, the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your forefathers, you're to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. And then here's a very interesting verse. Very interesting. Verse 13. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. That's interesting how the Holy Spirit just pulls out and makes sure you, you know, if you've if you got a donkey, he's got to be redeemed. Uh, but if you do not redeem it, listen, get this. You had to do this under the law. You got a donkey and you don't redeem it with a lamb, break its neck. Well, that sounds cruel. You got to understand, there's a message behind all these uh, things in the Old Testament, all right? Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So what's the message with the donkey? Hang on. I have an opinion, an opinion. I bet you're surprised I have an opinion. Uh, verse 14, in the days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. And guess what? Pharaoh wasn't redeemed. He was a stubborn Donkey. And that's what donkeys are known for. Look, I'm not making it up. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn in Egypt, both man and animal. That is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb, every womb, and redeem each of my firstborn sons. I'm going to move on, but I can't help believe, my opinion, I can't help believe there's a message in the instruction that if you don't redeem a donkey with the lamb, you break its neck. And then right after that, it talks about the stubbornness of Pharaoh, who was not redeemed because of his stubbornness. 
Let me just read you. You can write this one down if you like. Proverbs 29, verse 1. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. You think Pharaoh had many rebukes? I think so. And he wouldn't listen. And before we're done tonight, you'll see that he still doesn't listen. And verse 16, and it'll be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. What'll be like a sign? If I got it right, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, redeeming donkeys, and offering the firstborn. All these things will be reminders. That verse, verse 16, and verse 9, which is basically the same statements in both verses, those became the motivation, motivating verses for the Jews to make what's called phylacteries. Phylacteries are little leather boxes. They can be different sizes. And they put parchment in them that has scripture on the parchment. And with these leather straps, you would tie it around your forehead or on your hand. And it was a good idea to start with. It was a good idea, but it turned into a bad idea because of what the Jews, especially the Pharisees, did with it. Just one quick moment Matthew chapter 23, verse 5. Here's what happened over time with these phylacteries. Matthew 23, and Matthew 23 in the context is a um, blistering message against the Pharisees and religious leaders who were hypocrites. And he says in verse 5, everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide. It became this prideful thing. You made it extra wide, like, I know more scripture than you. It became a prideful thing. It became a bad thing. It is what it is. Back in the text, Exodus 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Now, if God had told you we're going the long way around, most of us probably wouldn't have liked it. But he did it for a reason. Though that was shorter, for God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went out of Egypt, notice this, armed for battle. They go out. Remember, they plundered the Egyptians, so they not only get a lot of nice things, evidently they got some spears and maybe shields and whatever else, and they go out armed for battle. But what are they going to have to learn is to fight not with human weapons, but with faith. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. Just a note, verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had, had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid. 
and you must, then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. And after leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the cloud, pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So they're being led by God this way. Now stop there a minute because that's, that's interesting. And, and leave the text, if you will, just for a minute and go over to the right past Leviticus to Numbers chapter 9. This same leading of the Lord continued after they set up the tabernacle in the wilderness. Now they continue to move through the wilderness on the way to, on the, way to the promised land. But this is fascinating to me. Uh, chapter 9 of Numbers verse 15, and I'm just going to read several verses here, beginning in verse 15. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up, the cloud covered it, the cloud that was leading them. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tents, uh, the tent, the Israelites set out, so they're being led by the Lord. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. And as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle, get this, a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Now, that can be tough when you're there a long time and you go, I don't want to be here anymore. But if you moved, you wouldn't be following the leading of the Lord. Are you with me? When the cloud remained a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order, did not set out. Verse 20, sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. Now, here's the other problem. You say, well, this is too soon. I don't want to leave yet. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. You've just unpacked everything. You're all settled. And the next morning, God's leading you out of there. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out, whether by day or by night. You might get up in the middle of the night. He's moving. Am I going to move with him or am I going to sleep? Whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. Now, I think it's worth pausing to go to Numbers and read that. Because one of the things God's trying to teach him now that, then, now that they've been redeemed is to follow his lead. You can write it down if you like. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That's what it says. Back to our story, and it's a good one. Oh, it's a good one. I'm enjoying this even if you're not with me. Exodus 13, let me read the last verse again. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God's leading them. Chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites, turn back, turn around, and encamp near Pi-Hahiroth, 
between Migdal and the sea. They're to encamp by the sea. This is where God's leading them. Directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and he'll pursue them. But I'll gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. My goodness, how many times did God say that during the successive plague after plague after plague, and now God's still going to make himself known to the Egyptians that he is the only true God. So the Israelites did this. And when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready. He took his army with him. He took, get this, 600 of the best chariots. This is the most modern military machinery of the day. Are you with me? Along with all the other chariots, with officers over all of them, so 600 of the best, and then there's a whole bunch more as well. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses, chariots, horsemen, troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them. I had to underline it underlined in a fret, with a fresh underline. This next statement, as they camped by the sea. Let me read it again. Hey, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pahiroth, that place near Baal-Zephon. Exactly where the Lord led them. You understand the phrase. He's led them to where they are between a rock and a hard place. You say it's the sea. I read something today online that said the, the original meaning of a rock and a hard place came from some kind of Greek mythology or something where some, somebody was walking between a rock and a bunch of water. I don't know if that's true or not, but you understand the meaning of the phrase. That's exactly where they are, and God led them there. He led them there. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. What a great church Moses has. You know, later on, it gets so bad with his congregation that he's called a pastor that he says, Lord, if this is the way it's going to be, just kill me right now. That's what he says to the Lord. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Right. The most modern military army and all the machinery of that army is bearing down upon you. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Now, I love this. I actually hate this next line. If I was a part of the group here, you need only be still. 
be still. But I want us to understand something. When God says you need only be still through Moses, when he says that, he doesn't mean just don't move. I used to think that. I don't know why I thought that, because not, that's not the story. He says, you only need to be still. God will fight for you. And then look at the next verse. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Did you get that? Come on. You need only be still. And then he says to Moses, tell them, move on. Which direction? Not toward the army, not toward Pharaoh. Toward the water. Toward the water. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'll harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I'll gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And I love verse 19. Before I read it, stand still. The Lord will fight for you. Move on. Move on where? Toward the water. It's a step of faith. It's a step of obedience. And then verse 19, then the angel of God. Stop there. Just a reminder. Anytime you see in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, or here it's translated the angel of God, that is Christ. Without question, that is Christ. And I'll, I'll show you, too, in a minute. There's a whole bunch of verses that mention the angel of the Lord. We know it's Christ. Before he became Jesus the man, before he you know, was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary's womb. Christ, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, so Christ is leading them, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. That's so cool. This is Christ. Before he became Jesus, Christ. Still the same being, same God, same Savior. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. God protected them. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army, and he threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving, I guess so. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Oh, my goodness, how many times does he have to do something? Do you learn your lesson that he's already fought for them? And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today in his journey through Exodus, a book about deliverance. This Old Testament book reveals God's power and authority, but it also expresses God's heart to fulfill His promises. God does what He says He'll do, and nothing can stand in His way. If there's anything about today's message that has you scratching your head in confusion, feel free to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Let us know too how we can be praying for you. That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you're not already part of a church community, we want to encourage you to find a church home near you. This will be a place where you can grow in your faith and ask tough questions, while also finding a community of believers that will support you. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, come join Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. If you can't make it in person, you can still be a part of our time of worship via live stream. You'll find all the information you need on our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for our next edition in the book of Exodus, right here on The Living Word.